Welcome back to We Talk About Practice, the show where I give you a fan-sided perspective on the events going on in the world of sports. I'm your host, John Vallejo, as always. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Today is Monday, March 21st, and uh, this is the weekend recap. For those of you that were looking forward to it, I'm sorry, no NFL talk today. What I really want to talk about, two things. El Clásico, that's the classic for those of you that aren't familiar, and that's Barcelona versus Real Madrid, and the other event that happened this weekend. It wasn't a pay-per-view. But it was a hell of a card, UFC London, also known as UFC Fight Night 204. There were some, uh, it was a hell of a showing by the British fighters. Holy crap. But uh, let's let's start with El Clásico. I was in shock. Barcelona won 4-0, and I was not expecting that at all. Granted, uh, Benzema and Mendy weren't there. And so, of course, with Benzema not being there, they didn't have quite the finishing that they would have otherwise. And that affects ball control and possession. But holy cow, this was a one-sided affair. Uh, Barcelona controlled the ball. They possessed the ball 60% of the time. Let's run through some of these stats. So they possessed for 60% of the time, 695 passes, 89% accuracy on those passes. 18 shots with 10 shots on target. And uh, look, Barcelona's been playing well. They're 9-0-3 in their last 12. Uh, that goes back to January 20th. Xavi took over November 6th after Ronald Koeman uh, was let go. And that's a nice way of putting it. But I, he didn't really have success at the club. And you can say that it was because the players didn't buy in. And they weren't trying to adjust or play his system that's there's an argument to be made for that but uh whatever it is they just weren't living up to expectations right they were not playing up to their potential and that took xavi a couple months but uh since january 20th they have not lost a match that's uh at, at home in la liga or international and so obviously they're out of champions league and they're in europa league but uh, still, you know, it's it's a transition. So when you're going, when you're going through that kind of transition, you're not expecting big uh, accomplishments. So uh, even with as well as they were playing, I did not expect a 4-0 drubbing of Madrid, because really that's what it was. And the guy that shined the most was a January uh, transfer or acquisition by Xavi, Aubameyang. And he put up two goals and an assist. And to be honest, he could have had three, possibly four goals. I mean, that's how ugly it was. It could have been 4-0 at the half and very easily an 8-0 game. And uh, look, I don't I don't know what happened to Rao. Vinicius has a couple chances. You know, one obvious, very clear chance. And he just tripped over himself. And um, 
in this game, Vinicius played like the Vinicius that's been criticized. You know, he's had a pretty decent year, actually. I thought he had turned a corner. A lot of uh, other Real Madrid fans and analysts were saying how he had made that turn and uh, that he would, he is the guy that they thought that he would be. And then yesterday, he regressed. And look, everyone is entitled to a bad game or two or three. But, and I'm not placing this on Vinicius. This was just a, a terrible all around performance, regardless of how Vinicius did, of how he was unable to finish on one clear chance and a couple other chances that he just hesitated. That was a, a terrible effort on, on the defensive side. So porous. And it just seemed like every time that Barcelona was attacking, you had the feeling that they were going to come away with the goal. Um, and look, Madrid hasn't really been performing great. They're 4-1 in their last five games or five matches in La Liga. But their performances have really been underwhelming. And I understand that all that matters is a W. As long as you win, then that's all that matters. But there's something to be said for, for playing well. Eventually, you're going to run into teams that are more talented or are just playing better together, have more chemistry, and you won't be able to get away with lackluster play. So, so far it's worked out for Rao. They have a pretty huge lead in the Liga, and maybe that's why they didn't really care too much about not winning this match. Uh, but it was disappointing. It was disappointing because I wanted to see a competitive Real Madrid. I wanted to see a competitive El Clasico. Now, having said that, I am a Barcelona fan. Really, I'm a fan of the game. But uh, I am a Barcelona fan. And that probably started because of Messi back in the mid-2000s. But I love the way that they played, especially back then, playing tiki-taka. And I love the way that Xavi's got them playing right now. And really, the takeaway from this game is that Barcelona is playing much better than Real Madrid. Sure. Real Madrid is in the champions and they're moving on to the next round and uh, Barcelona got eliminated and they're in Europa League or uh, yeah, the Europa Cup. But as far as playing well together and gelling and having chemistry, Barcelona, it, it is obvious that they're playing much better than Madrid. And had Benzema or Mendy been at that game, I don't think it would have made a difference. I think it would have still been a 3 or 4-0 finish for Barcelona. I just, I don't understand what's going on with Madrid. They're pulling off the wins, so it's not like they're losing matches. But they're just not playing up to the level that they should be. At least what you would expect of them based on the talent that they have on that roster. But uh, we'll see. I'm hoping that uh, Barcelona keeps playing well. The takeaway for me really... It's not just that they're they're playing well and they're coming together as a team. They have a lot of young talent. Whereas Madrid, and they have young talent too, obviously. You know, Vinicius being one of them. But Barcelona seemed like they were, between the two teams, they were the ones that reloaded and were able to get the right pieces, the right young pieces in place. And uh, Real Madrid 
isn't quite there yet they actually do have an aging roster so they have to figure out what they're gonna do you know obviously Mbappe is probably coming over uh, that might signal the end of Benzema or or diminish playing time for him I mean we saw what he did against PSG so it's not like he's finished Benzema is one of the best at what he does so I'm not sure what Real is going to do about that if they're going to move on because he is 29 30 years old actually he might be might be a little older and so they might try to move him and get some value for him I'm not sure and then I believe their Isco's coming over to Barcelona as well I'm not sure if that's going to end up happening but if it does it'll be sometime in the summer and so they do have some aging players that they have to get rid of whereas Barcelona already went through that period uh, we'll see what happens because I am looking forward to another classical next year and a much more competitive one. All right, UFC London, aka UFC Fight Night 204. At least I hope it was 204. Might be wrong on that one. But uh, I didn't really catch any of the preliminary fights. I wanted to, but some things took me away. But I did get, get, get to watch the main card. And uh, starting with Ilya Tuporia, that dude is built like a tank. Holy cow. I mean, I don't think I've seen him fight before. And I had heard uh, about him. But uh, he finished he finished uh, Jai Herbert in the second round. Uh, Tuporia is no joke, though. Um, but what I really want to get to was that next fight. The Molly McCann versus the Carolina fight. And after that first round where, where Molly came at Carolina, guns blazing. I mean, she threw everything at her. I thought she was going to guess out for sure. Somehow, Molly was able to, to get through the first round because the, the volume, the output, output from Molly in that first round was incredible. And usually fighters don't do that. Not if they're trying to go three rounds or five rounds. When they come out at that pace with that volume, they are doing so in hopes and expectation of a finish because they know that there's a very real possibility that they'll have nothing left in the tank for the rest of the fight. And Molly was able to hang on after that first round. Carolina was actually coming on in the second and especially the third. So she seems, and I haven't seen her fight before, she seems like she's a slow starter. And in that second round, you know, I think Molly still won that round. But Carolina was showing signs of life. In the third round, I actually thought that Carolina was probably going to pull that round off. And that she needed a finish in order to in order to win the fight. And that's when Molly McCann shut the lights off on Carolina. I mean, it was a beautifully placed and set up elbow. And they were, you know, they were exchanging exchanging shots close in the clinch and Carolina was leaning forward while Molly was turned to the side and she was looking back at Carolina already had her elbow just kind of waiting out there and as Carolina pushed forward Molly just turned and swung that elbow landed clean in her jaw I mean I thought I thought her bottom half was gonna come off her face holy cow it was vicious and I hope Carolina's doing okay because she was laying on that canvas for a while. I want to say 
four five minutes went by and you know they're doing the the post fight interviews and everything else and everyone's celebrating and they would just pan the camera back to the center of the canvas and carolina was still laying there motionless um i walked away so obviously they started the next fight eventually i don't know how long she was laying there for but i i do hope that they i would assume they took her to the hospital because she was laying there for such a long period of time um it was it was a scary sight phenomenal knockout and a hell of a fight by molly but a scary sight for carolina look the, the next fight i didn't watch and it's the only fight in the main card that didn't end up in a submission or a knockout I started watching the f the beginning of it, and uh, maybe I got turned off by Gunnar Nelson's sort of like karate stance with his j bouncing up and down. A lot of it depends on timing and stuff. Um, I actually thought he was going to take Takashi Sato out in the first round, but again, Sato was able to weather the storm, and they went to a decision. So if if round two and three were any anything like the first round. Then yeah, it's no surprise that uh, that Gunnar Nelson took that by decision. All right, so the last two fights, which were Patty Pimlet against Rodrigo Vargas. Actually, it's Rodrigo Vargas because he's not Brazilian, and he goes by Kazula. And then actually, there were there are two more fights after that. So the Patty Pimlet fight. Look, a lot of people think that this guy is is a striker and he's going out here to take your head off, and he can bang. He will do that. But what he really is, is a submission specialist. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to make any less of the, of the, the British MMA guys or make, make anything less of their, their jujitsu. But usually when you think of, of fighters from the UK, from that side of the, of the pond, you think they just want to stand up and bang. They want to fight. And like I said, Patty does, but holy cow, his submission game is on point. And uh, God, he, he put Rodrigo in a, yeah. I mean, Rodrigo, once it went to the ground, uh, he had no shot. Look, Patty came at him too. They were they were going at it on the feet. Um, and I thought Patty was actually going to knock him out. And he was swinging wildly. And uh, during one of those exchanges... Rodrigo actually caught him with a clean shot to the chin and Patty dropped to his knees and I thought Rodrigo was going to pursue but it seemed more like a combination of being caught cleanly and losing his balance because he was swinging so wildly so once he falls to the to the canvas he pops right back up and continues just coming after Rodrigo and uh, eventually get it to the ground takes his back Gets him in a rear naked choke. It's over. Uh, that that fight was done in the first round. And uh, I think right after this fight, this is going to lead to Patty fighting some bigger names in that lightweight division. But it was exciting. It was exciting to watch. All right, so the co-main event I was looking forward to because I had heard a lot about Arnold, Arnold Allen. Hadn't seen him fight, so I had to go back and, and try to find some of his fights. And that dude is yoked. Holy cow. And this was at featherweight. And I was looking forward to it because I wanted to see him fight. I wanted to see what this guy brought to the table. And I wanted to see Dan Hooker, 
who has been prior to his fight he was one and three in his last four and uh he lost his fight he was ko'd he took a ton of damage dan hooker is one and four now in his last five fights and you know he went down in weight and so i thought okay he went down in weight hopefully he was able to keep some of that power he should be the naturally bigger guy and uh he might pull off this victory but when you see them in the ring maybe dan hooker looks taller and you know he is lanky but arnold that dude looked like a damn specimen and he came at him i don't know how dan hooker i'll put it this way i don't know how i don't know how dan hooker was able to stay on his feet for as long as he did he took an incredible amount of damage and um for what two and a half minutes he was getting he was getting hit in the face there was nothing he could do and he swung back he did his part but he was really he was out on his feet it was tough to watch because like i said because i i thought dan was gonna put up a better performance and uh arnold allen seems like he was in a different league Again, these British fighters or these fighters from the UK just came out and showed up. And it was a hell of a night for fighters from the UK. Unfortunately for Dan Hooker, he he wasn't able to pull off the victory. He's one and four. I don't know what's next for him. Obviously, the UFC is probably going to give him some fights that aren't as high profile as the ones that he's been involved in lately. Because he's going to have to prove himself again. And... And really for his own confidence, he's going to have to start racking up some victories. So if that means fighting some guys that aren't as highly ranked, then that's what it's going to be. But uh, yeah, Dan is, I think he's 32 years old. So he's not old and out of the game, but he just hasn't been putting up really good performances. So we'll see what happens next with him. Uh, and the main event was a heavyweight fight between Tom Aspinall and Alexander Volkov. Volkov, who is a mammoth of a man. I mean, dude is, uh, I think he's like 6'7". And he's hard He's hard to put down. And look, I've seen Tom Aspinall fight before. and I didn't know what to expect of him when I first saw him fight. But uh, that dude convinced me. He's a complete fighter. And on Saturday's fight against Volkov... Nothing changed. He is a total athlete. And he put that on display against Volkov. And he submitted him. And uh, I'm looking forward. Because you know. There are some. There are some fights to be made in the heavyweight division. I think he called out Ty. At the end of his fight. We'll see what happens with that. But Aspinall. The way that he moves. As quick as he is. For as big as he is is incredible you wouldn't think that a, that a heavyweight could move like that and so i'm really looking forward to watching him fight some bigger names and getting into the um the heavyweight uh title contention i think you might have to give him another year he will probably fight one more time this year maybe twice who knows i don't know how active he's trying to be but he'll probably fight one more time this year and then next year probably two fights another fight in the top five and then a possible fight for the belt who knows it's still early with him but it all depends on how dana white and the ufc want to manage his career 
and how fast they want to move him up. But he looks like he's ready. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the show. Subscribe to catch the next episode. And you can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Catch you next time.